Hey everyone, welcome back to Latter-day Takes, this special Friday episode. Um, I don't know, I kind of call these emergency pods, I don't know, I, I feel like I've seen that before, it's not an emergency, that's for sure, but it is a special episode because obviously normally I don't release on Fridays, um, and this one is a lot more timely because what had happened was that one of the five or six um, BYU opinion leaders, those bloggers that I called out, actually reached out to me over Twitter. In fact, I interacted with a couple of them. Like I said, as I had suspected, they are nice guys. <laughs> that's that's not the point. With that said, uh, Jeff, Jeff Hansen reached out. Um, and by the way, they are nice guys, and that is an important point. I don't want to just gloss over that. Uh, it is important to know that, like, who you're dealing with and when you talk and you can have a discussion that, you know, they'll be respectful and you can be respectful. So that is... Nothing to be glossed over. It is very admirable, and it what makes these conversations not just worth it, but very productive. And um, Jeff wanted to come on because he listened to the podcast from a couple of days ago and was like, I think there might be some misunderstandings. He's like, I feel like maybe we can clarify some things, and we may still disagree, but for the most part, I know we can do that in a constructive manner. And he and he was dead, dead on, dead on. Um, and I really respect the fact that he even suggested that. And I was like, well, we might as well record it so I can put it out there. And this is what it is. This is what ensued. It's no surprise. I think it's really important to kind of highlight what Jeff had highlighted on his end. And he had said some really interesting things about kind of his perception, kind of the paradigm that he has taken on because he primarily does recover or sorry, does cover recruiting for BYU sports, particularly BYU football. And when that's the case, obviously, that's going to put him in a very specific scenario where he is overseeing followers that are not really your typical blend of BYU fans, BYU students, things like that. Now, we still hashed out a lot of this, and I pushed him on some things. Not, I mean, just, I don't even know what the right verbiage is there, because I don't think it was aggressive, and I think he would agree with that, nor was he aggressive. It was very, very good. It was cordial. Really glad we did that, and um, I think you will enjoy this. Side note, Jeff does not know that I'm about to mention this, but one thing that dawned on me, um, as uh, I had seen on Twitter, I, I had zero clue about this, right? Like I had made it, like I had noted that I don't actually, fo- I didn't follow Jeff on Twitter prior to this, but he had popped up on my timeline a lot because of the topics I follow, right? Which is a testament to who he is as a an opinion leader on Twitter, um, because a lot of people it re- resonates with a lot of people that see his stuff, obviously. Um. Jeff, one thing that I'd seen was that he tweeted out about his own son, uh, I believe about four years old, uh, who had to go to the hospital, I believe, because he was having some breathing issues. Turns out it was uh, an early case of pneumonia for the season, which I and I'm only pointing this out because it's so funny how you just kind of have to take a second and be like, wow, I get riled up over some very juvenile things sometimes. Not to say that the race issue wasn't a big deal. And it is. It is a big deal. But there are a lot of things that can still transcend even that. Because at the end of the day, you could just say, I'm not racist. I know that. And I tend to not really, as far as I know, associate with racist people. I would like to think BYU doesn't facilitate that easily. But is is it really worth getting into the weeds of all this? And I, I point that out because it's like, you know, Jeff has some real world issues here that at play that are a lot more important to some degree. We're talking about his family. Grant granted his his boy seems like he's doing well. He's a really, really cute kid. And I was really happy to see that 
happy to see that that's going to seemingly turn out well and there shouldn't be any real issues there following that up. So anyway, just wanted to say that because it did dawn on me. It's like, wow, sometimes we just got to take a second. And that, and when I say we, I really mean me. So I don't mean to come across as preachy, but that was just a nice reminder for me that you just never know what people are dealing with and what challenges they might have behind the scenes. And if we start to think more along those lines, there was a general authority that said that. I think it was Elder Bednar. It was a, it was a current one who had said something along the lines of, if you assume that more than half the people that you come in contact with are going through some very serious and tough real-world issues, you would not only be right, you would probably still be low. It was something along those lines. I totally butchered that, but it's something to remind ourselves of. Anyway, so I hope that's going well. Obviously, prayers for Jeff and his family, especially his little boy. Um, Just wanted to throw that out there. I think this is a very productive conversation. I'm really happy to put it out there. I think you all will enjoy it. I hope you all have a great weekend. And to give you a little teaser, at the very, very end, I do pick Jeff's brain for a second on the BYU Oregon game. We talk about that for a second, so you can at least stay for that part. Um, But I think it's just important to listen to these kind of conversations to see how two people can first disagree and then come to at least some understanding. Whether or not they agree at the end of the day, there's still an understanding that, hey, We have our opinions, we have our reasons of doing things, and that's that. Anyway, love you all. Have a great weekend. Remember next week, next Wednesday, I'll be dropping an episode. Very excited about this one. This one's this one, this guy's kind of big time. He really uh he really put himself out there during the COVID stuff, during the shutdowns, during the lockdowns, and he's been a very vocal leader amidst all that and government overreach and things like that ever since. So stay tuned for that one. We'll see you next week. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. (laughs) Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not drinking. And they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. (laughs) I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, Yes, the Mormons Mormons were the correct answer. Because God loves Mormons and he wants some more. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. All right, joining me today on this kind of special episode of Latter-day Takes, Jeff Hansen, one of the Twitter BYU influencers with BYU Sports has, I mean, you shake your head an influencer, that's fair, I totally get that. <laughs> um, but you, I mean, but you kind of are, you're an opinion leader, that's actually how I put it, and you are an opinion leader, sure. that's that's true, Which and that, and that actually is more to give you credit, because clearly to establish that kind of opinion lead to get the followers that you have, it means that people appreciate most, if not all, of your opinions, sure, right? Yeah. So um, per Jeff's suggestion, he wanted to come on, kind of clear the air and things like that. That's all credit to him. I mean, <laughs> to call myself out, he uh, you had tweeted at me earlier today and you're like, hey, I listened to part of your podcast. I think some of it might have been misunderstood on your end. Uh, some of it we still probably disagree on, but I'd like to come on and clear the air. Or you can just keep tweeting at me. And I was like, you know what? That's like, I, I deserve that. Like totally for sure. And like, like I said, once again, credit to you for just being like, Hey, let's just like, if at the very least a zoom call, we talk it out. And I love sure. that. And I'm, my listeners already know my gripe. I've broken it down a few times over Twitter. I've broken it down over an episode, obviously. So I'm going to just give the floor to you, let you roll 
whatever you want to point out first. I mean, at the end of the day, my only hope is that there's a billboard of us with the kidneys for cars (laughs) thing with us saying we at least agree on one thing. Hey, I agree, man. No, and I I think uh, I think you're right, Harper. I think the most important thing of any of this is like there's really not a right or a wrong thing here, right? The way that I look at this, now that we now that facts have come out, we're going to talk about like kind of where I started and how it all came to be or whatever. But now that now that we're here where we are today on September 14th or whatever it is, uh, I mean, look, I think there's one side of this argument. We've made this like an argument, but I think that largely both groups would agree, right? That like, look, racism is bad and facts are important. We all got there, right? Like, and I think and I think that's probably the best place for me to start. Uh, because as I go back over the last, when was this? God, it feels like it was just yesterday, but it was like three weeks ago, right? It, so it's, it does, but yeah, it was about three weeks ago. Yeah. So, so if I go back three weeks in time, I think the one mistake that I made, like the one thing, I don't, I don't want to say that I regret or whatever, but like the one thing that I, I, I clearly did wrong is when BYU made their official statement, like their first official statement, right? Where they came out and they had said, Hey, Duke told us X, Y, and Z. We banned such and such, whoever it was. We've made uh, arrangements to move the next game for Duke. That next Duke volleyball game got moved to another location. Tom Homo comes out later that day with his own statement. Then he goes out and he does his thing. He, he announces that he's going to talk to the student section. I the, the mistake I probably made was taking that as an admission that, hey, BYU's figured out something went wrong. Because uh, things have, you know, like accusations have been levied against BYU in the past. And typically... BYU just doesn't say anything, right? Like they don't say anything at all until they have something to say. And so, like I said, I I took that first statement and and erroneously now at this point, I took that first statement as an admission that, hey, they found something. Didn't definitely, you know, now you go back and it's three weeks later and you go and you look at it. Clearly they didn't say, hey, yep, we've confirmed there's racism, da, 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 da. But just, you know, lifetime of following BYU, I took the fact that they were saying something and making tangible changes as like a conclusion, I guess, that I probably shouldn't have, right? So with that in mind, I think that's kind of what like shapes everything else that I said uh, going forward from that point, is in my mind, BYU's first initial statement was kind of that conclusion. Uh, and so the, the my first thing that I had said that... Uh, and I think you kind of laid it out on your show. I didn't listen to the entire episode. I listened to a good portion of it. And and so I think I, I think I know everything that you had said about me and kind of how this all came to be. Uh, but my first take was really like, look, hey, if there's a racist asshole out there, then don't be racist, right? And if you heard racism, you're a coward for not saying anything to that person, right? I didn't spark that at the accusation from the godmother. Right. When the news first broke and there were other you know, bloggers or voices out there, I kept quiet. I didn't say a word. It wasn't until BYU came out with a statement that I said, there must be something there. They've made a statement. And that was when I came out with with what I said. Uh, so then that goes out there. And then I think it was like a week or so goes by that it starts to like come become a little bit more clear that, hey, maybe maybe this isn't exactly you know, how Rachel Richardson described it. Doesn't look like this is exactly how it went down. And so people, I think it was the day that the Salt Lake Tribune, they published their first like, hey, here's what we've heard on the investigation up to this point, right? And uh, 
people just started to flood my like messages, people who don't follow me, just like bots probably more than anything, but just flooding <laughs> my, my, my DMs and my, my mentions with like, hey, are you going to apologize? Are you going to apologize? And no, I, I didn't feel like I needed to apologize for a couple of reasons. And I still don't, frankly, for a couple of reasons. I didn't, I didn't call out anybody specifically, right? Like there were no names. I didn't know anybody's names. I didn't even mention BYU. I didn't mention the student section. It was a very general, hey, replying to this BYU thing, I guess the only one that maybe was a specific was the guy who was the racist, but then everybody else, it, it was a... If, well, and you would put racist in air quotes, just to clarify. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That hasn't that, that's yeah, fair. Gotcha. Totally fair. Allegedly at the time, yeah. which I get you thinking yep. that, I do. And, and so the only thing I said that was maybe geared towards an individual was that one, that air quote racist, right? And, and then to everybody else, it wasn't the whole student section, it wasn't the whole student body, it wasn't BYU, it wasn't anything like that, it was... If you heard somebody being racist and you did nothing, you are a coward. If you didn't hear it, that statement never applied to you. And if an investigation goes to show that, hey, it never was said, then it really doesn't apply to anybody. So who am I apologizing to in that point, right? Like, if I'm going to apologize, let's make it sincere. Let, let's apologize to those that I hurt. And in my head, I didn't hurt anybody. I wouldn't have offended anybody because if you never heard it. It never was me calling you a coward in the first place. I think some people would probably disagree with my logic there, but that's the logic that I had, uh, I, I guess, in response to people saying that I should apologize. And then from there, that kind of just went on to, and, and Harper, I think we could have a really good conversation about this, depending on, on how you want to take this. But from there, after addressing kind of the the, <laughs> the calls for an apology or whatever, it really became more about... I don't know how to describe it. Uh, so, so the way, I mean, for those who don't know, I have no idea what your audience is typically like. I cover BYU recruiting. So I never went to BYU. I, I'm, a, I'm a BYU football fan. I am only a... Oh, I actually didn't know that, yeah. by the way. I didn't know you didn't go. I, I, Not that that matters. No, I, I am only a fan of BYU as it relates to sports. And I care about the institution as much as it has to exist in order for sports to exist, right? And and so uh, when, I, when I cover recruiting... I, I have kind of a, I, I don't, I hate these words like audience, like a, somebody who has a stage and I'm really not, but the people who, who follow me tend to be recruits, families of recruits, and a lot of them aren't LDS. There's obviously some BYU fans in there too, no question about it, but it's a little bit different than like if, uh, you know, if I write for the Deseret News and I cover BYU sports and everybody who I engage with is a BYU fan, I cover, yeah, yeah, yeah I cover recruiting, right? And so it's anybody who wants to be recruited that I interact with. And, and that, I think, kind of shapes the paradigm that I look through, maybe a little bit differently than your standard BYU journalist, even, or even your regular BYU fan. Because it wasn't 10 minutes after this story kind of hit the airwaves that I had heard from recruits that were like, whoa, Jeff, is this real? Like, these are people who don't know anything really about BYU other than what they see from the coaches, what they see from like official social media accounts and, you know, whoever they have chosen to follow that's like a BYU fan. Like that they really don't have a ton of day-to-day -day interaction with BYU the university like BYU fans or those of us who live in the state of Utah would, right? And so I immediately had people starting to ask these questions of how's BYU going to respond. Uh, I also heard from, from other recruits that uh, are either committed to or like BYU that as soon as this hit, they heard from other schools that had like screenshot the accusations in the articles and were sending it to them to like negative recruit them to go to a different place. And 
as I watched that story kind of play out, it became really clear to me that in the minds of these recruits and their families, this was like, I don't know how to describe it, but almost like this event at a volleyball game was confirmation of some of the concerns that they had about BYU in general. So the story immediately went from they didn't they didn't care about this volleyball thing. It was like, hey, we've heard about BYU in the past. We've heard about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and, you know, the priesthood ban. You know, like they've heard of all of these things that are part of BYU's history, part of the church's history. There's no two ways around it now. It's just who we are. Like everybody has a history. And the story went from a racist fan, an allegedly racist fan at a volleyball game to, yep, this confirms what I thought, BYU is racist. And so I loved the way that BYU responded because while the facts are always important, they needed to get to the truth of this one story. They also had to get ahead of a narrative that was already proving to be like proving to be played out in the national media. Stephen A. Smith went on a life of its own. Yeah. Yeah. Stephen A. Smith went on a huge big rant and only in the introduction of his rant did he mention this volleyball game. Everything else was about BYU, BYU's history, how black people should avoid BYU in the future because look at who BYU is. And so to me there became two stories almost immediately. And there was the story of Rachel Richardson in this volleyball game. And then there was the story of the narrative of what is BYU. And it became really hard because I think as people fought the story of Rachel Richardson, the BYU volleyball game, to those who were concerned on the outside, the way that BYU was fighting to prove that there wasn't one racist made them look more racist in general. And I don't think that's true, but I don't know how you get away from that narrative. And so a lot of my response was that was kind of what it was rooted in, frankly, is that, look, I support the way that BYU is doing this, ban the fan, make the changes, make the statements, condemn racism in the strongest way possible, and don't apologize for anything that you did. If the facts come out later that it wasn't true, you can undo all of that stuff with that fan, right? You can undo all of that stuff, that smaller micro story of that BYU volleyball game. You can undo that. But that bigger narrative that was running wild as soon as this hit the newswire, you can't undo that. You've got to try to get ahead of that or keep up with it. And that was how, in my head, that was that was really where I came from. And I don't think everybody's going to agree with that. I wouldn't expect them to. And, and, and frankly, that's okay. I think we can move on and disagree as people, right? Agree to, dis- agree to disagree yeah. in some senses. Yep. I, I would, yeah. So... First off, I appreciate the whole breakdown there. Um, I, I it, to lay out your narrative and to to talk about your vantage point, I think is very effective and also very helpful for people like me. Absolutely. Um, one thing before I start, kind of uh, picking your brain on a sure, couple of things. Yeah. When it comes to BYU sports racist history, what are we talking about? And I actually mean this. Yeah. I'm not. This isn't me trying to like challenge you or anything. Like I legitimately am unaware of a racist, specifically racist BYU sports history. Yeah, so it's it's one of those things that, like, it, it's hard. If you go back and it's, God, it was like the 60s, and there was the Wyoming, I think it was the Wyoming 8 is what they called themselves. But it, it was really using sports as a platform, I guess, more protesting church history than, than sports, like actual sports stuff. Um, but the I think it was the Wyoming 8, the Wyoming 12, something like that. But there was a group of Wyoming football players that because blacks were not allowed to have the priesthood, that they boycott the games at, at, at Provo. They, they would not play BYU, right? 
And at some point in this story, they all, you know, they wore their specific uniforms. They had made their protest. It was very public. It was very out there. And, and that kind of became like the story is that, hey, BYU sports is trying to like, like it's BYU, the institution has racist policies because the church does. Whether I, I don't, I think you and I would agree that, okay, no, they don't. There's nothing inherently racist about the church. If we could all go back in time 50 years and change sure. those policies, I think we all would, right? But you can't run away from it now. So, I, so back in the 60s, that's what it became. And since then, there's just been little one-off stories where like Ronnie Jenkins runs into the honor code issues and the media takes that and says, well, Ronnie Jenkins got, uh, got suspended, got kicked out of school. Everybody knows that. Well, everybody knew that Jim McMahon was doing the same stuff. So why did Jim McMahon not get kicked out of school when Ronnie Jenkins did? I don't think either one of them should have been kicked out of school candidly, but you know, the black one was the white one wasn't. And why? I have no idea. Like it, there was 15 years that separated the two, but those are the kinds of things that, from a national perspective, not from a from a BYU fan perspective, where we know the ins and outs of every day of what happens down there in Provo, the national perspective, looking at that, those are some of the you know the quote unquote racist elements of BYU sports that recruits they they hear and they have to either understand or get comfortable with it. It becomes a question that is asked pretty regularly on the recruiting trail. It's just like, what's it like to be a black kid at BYU? Is Are these horror stories true or is it really okay? Um, I, I kind of have related it to, I, I went on a mission, served in Africa. And every single day I had to a- answer the question of like, why couldn't blacks have the priesthood? And, and I tried answers. Oh, real, real quick, sorry, side note. Literally every day you had to answer that question. It was a lot. It was it was one of the more common. I mean, things. okay, sorry. I'm not I'm not like saying like, oh, Jeff, I'm gonna no, no, no. I'm gonna catch you if you're lying. But like, you it really was like so often that it could just it felt like it was practically. It, every it day. felt like all the time, right? Like it was wow. a very okay. common thing. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And, and there was really never an answer that like, you know, like scratched the itch. I guess like I, you would take like a by the book answer of like, well, here's why, right. and then you would take more of like a well modern day revelation or like whatever it was. Like it never really, like it was always just a point of concern. Most people got over it, and you would talk about what the church is today, and most people got over it. But once they found out about that, I would venture to say. Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to put a percentage on it because was it a hundred percent? Of course not. But it was most of the people that I would teach and see through baptism, uh, whether they asked it before, as soon as they found out about it later on, they were calling up the missionaries and asking about it. And so I kind of relate the like the BYU stuff to that in that um, I never really had a great answer. Like it was just part of what happened in church history. I don't know. I don't know why it happened. I couldn't really explain it. I could try to explain it by what I've been told. I could try to explain it by like belief and faith and theological stuff, but like none of that's really going to help you. I can only talk about where we're at today and what the church is doing moving forward. And that's some of what BYU has to deal with on the recruiting trail, that there's lots of issues and things that I, uh, issues. I say that and it sounds harsh. I mean it pretty loosely. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Lots of stories that have come Questions, up. Questions, things like yeah. that. Yeah. Lots of events that have come up that have been like, hey, why is this blah, blah, blah. And those answers are oh. difficult to come by. For sure, I'm, I can imagine. Um, so what's what you're what it looks like to me, just basing it on, I, I would imagine the primary uproar against like people like me. I'll just like the, the the blueprint of me that where people were like, wait a second, like hold on a second, is this is this legit? Questioning the veracity of that, all that stuff. 
um, was tied to the fact that based off of even what you shared, that was typical with BYU's tenuous relationship with race, really primarily tied to the church ultimately and how they conflated those two things. And whether or not you agree that those things should have been conflated or not is a totally different discussion are very, very, very different than the specific scenario we're talking about that allegedly took place three weeks ago. And I think that's why people like me were like, listen, we understand that blacks not having the priesthood caused some racial stir and some animus there between two specific races, ones that controlled the church and the others that didn't and those that felt like they weren't really in the club, at least all the way. I get that. But this is like specifically calling out a a different race, very, very, being very, very racist, egregiously so. And then also with the idea that there were so many people there witnessing and not seeing it, it's just, it just, there was so many other things that this would have been a very unique racist situation, not just with BYU sports, but really with the church, quite frankly, yeah. or at least in hundreds, over a hundred years of church history where call the priesthood ban racist sure but it's a different type of racist than it is like what had taken place a few weeks ago so allegedly right? yeah no i completely agree and i and i think like i said when i first saw i can't even remember her name lisa whatever it was when i first saw her initial Hamblin, something I like think. that yeah when i, yeah, when I first saw godmother rachel richardson's godmother yeah, yeah good clarification when i first saw her initial tweet i thought probably the exact same thing that you did of like this is a politician looking for clout right like that's what everybody thought uh I, I, well, not everybody. That's what a lot of people thought. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, but once BYU made their statement, that did. That was just so out of character. And I think it was out of character because of there being kind of those two stories that I described. There being the incident that's the the micro and then the macro story of BYU, the institution, and, and BYU athletics had to kind of address both. And that's hard to do. Um, but there, that, that initial statement, that, that was my error, was taking that as a, a confession, uh, whatever you want to look at it as an admission, or, or even just a concession that, yep, something went wrong. Um, clearly, that wasn't what it was intended to be now. I think we can all look at that and say, yeah, they were trying to get ahead of a PR story. That was just not the, well, the BYU way for me. I'll even say that makes the most sense not that i mean all of this is at least consistent like i appreciate you and it's like you've, you're clarifying a lot of things sure. really and i appreciate all of it but in terms if i were like your lawyer i would say this is your best defense right not that you need one but just to kind of illustrate what i mean when i say this that the byu statement was confusing yeah because you're right it did seem like an admission of guilt i even took like a couple minutes and i was like well they banned the fans so that kind of seems like they've caught the guy right 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 but to me, it was kind of a weak attempt almost on their end to be like, hey, if we just get all in front of this, it's going to go away, yeah. which is exactly what didn't yeah, happen. It probably and so made it worse even. So It kind of made it worse. Exactly. Yeah. It seemed to exacerbate the issue to some degree, right? Um, so now let me ask you this. When another issue that I took personally and – well, not personally, but that, that I, I highlighted Understood. and that other people – which by the way – uh, let me just say this too, and I even kind of mentioned this on the podcast uh, that when I highlighted this whole thing, people invoking the church against you, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't really for that. Yeah, that was, I was like, this seems this seems different. Basically, calling people to repentance. It's like, okay, I don't really, right. I don't really see that personally. I don't think you're going to hell for any of these stances that anybody holds or anything like that. Right. Um, but uh, when you say something like part of the problem. 
when we, I guess I would, I would love for you to clarify what you mean when you say part of the problem, because that's fair. I took it and I could be wrong here. I took that as merely questioning the veracity of this story was part of the problem. Maybe I'm mistaken. I'll let you take yeah, it. No, that's, that's fair. And, and I think that, uh, that's, I'm glad you called that out as, as something to clarify here. Uh, like it's kind of like all of this. Your listeners are going to hear what I say. They can agree or disagree. Part of the sure. problem being that bigger story, right? Like I, I really, in my mind, and I, I said this on on our website. I have a newsletter that we run. I, I said it in a few different places that weren't on Twitter, just because Twitter, as soon as you you know light a match, it just goes crazy. Um, <laughs> but th- there were really those two stories. So part of the problem being the narrative that racism at BYU exists, right? Like you've seen the TikTok things, like. What, what are they like black menaces? I think is what they call themselves or whatever. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, look, like even if we accept all of those stories at face value, you're taking a very, very small fraction of what BYU is, but publicly and outside of BYU, those get millions of views and that gets, you know, tons of traction in the world. Right. And so there's, there was, there's two problems. There was the Duke volleyball stuff, the Rachel Richardson stuff. That was a problem. That one allegedly racist incident was a problem. And then there was the second bigger problem of like, how are we fighting this perceived racist community, right? That like does or doesn't exist. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, like I say, I never went to BYU. I don't think it exists. I, I think BYU is largely a pretty good reflection of the church. And I, you know, I could speak for my lifelong membership in the church. No, like, are there racists? Of course. Is there pervasive racism across the entire church? Of course not. And, and so to me, that's what it is, is it's that problem of fighting that, that narrative and, and, and maybe the best example, I'm trying to, I'm trying to leave names out, but there was one Twitter thread that like before any investigations came out and, and lo and behold, this Twitter thread was right. Uh, but they like went through and they picked apart the story, like the accus- accusation, they reviewed the film on BYU TV on them by themselves and they, they did screenshots. They put probably way more time into it than they should have, but they, they laid it out really, really, really well. And lo and behold, they were right. And, and kind of what I said all along in, in my, on my website, in my blog and all of this stuff was that, look, if the truth is, the truth is important, the truth is always important, but let those who are responsible for gathering that truth at BYU be the ones to get this truth out there, right? Because it felt like, again, knowing that the people who I had spoken to are largely not LDS, and there's a lot of people who have reached out with questions as soon as they saw this, that is BYU really racist? that they see people on Twitter going seemingly out of their way to refute a claim from a minority person, almost as if racism couldn't possibly exist. And I'm going to tell you the 5,000 reasons why this person is wrong. I, that is kind of what the problem in my, in my you know thread of tweets, that's what it is, 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 and I don't know what the balance is. I'd love to get your thoughts on it because the truth is obviously important. But let's let's just pretend, right? We did all of that work and publicly, and somebody comes tomorrow and confesses that, hey, look, there actually was. Here's the video evidence. Now there's all of this stuff out there on the internet of these, whether they're just members of the church, whether they're BYU fans, like seemingly going out of their way to discredit somebody who, lo and behold, is telling the truth. I, I don't know where the balance is because the truth is super important. I just, in my mind those who were responsible for finding that truth should have been the ones fighting that fight. The casual fan on the internet 
I, I think there's a really fine line between you're seeking out the truth and you're denying what could be the truth. And doing that real-time investigation for the public to see feels like a dicey preposition because if you're really open and honest, you don't know what the results of that investigation are going to be, right? And so if it takes you to a place that, yeah, here's the irrefutable proof that it's racist, you've just spent a week in public I don't know. It just feels weird. I think a lot of people will disagree with me on that, but that feels weird to me. No, I well, so I actually agree with you on that. I agree with you on that because that's that's why my ultimate stance and and I'm not like I can't speak for everybody else that was like there's no way right. this could happen because here's the thing, I never really said that. Yeah. I, I mean, I started to kind of as the inve- like as the investigation unfolded between BYU and then when I like when you like. Zoom out for a second, and you say the N word every time. Yeah, like because to me, part of that is also saying, "Oh, sheesh, is that true?" Like even even asking that question is is acknowledging the possibility that it could be. And of course, it's possible. Right. But is it even close to likely in that scenario? Right. And I, my my stance is resoundingly no, and that's why it's kind of like, well, that's why immediately I like push back and be like, hold on. Ultimately, where I lie is, can we not just give it a little bit? And and that's where I think the, the answer lies. And that's why it's like just waiting for more evidence. Why is that the problem? Which actually kind of brings me to ultimately what would be my final question in terms of this, at least, um, for you, which is what is better? Because I actually really appreciate you laying out the your, – your, as, you, as you called it, your paradigm, which is exactly right you have so many recruits, so many recruits, families, a lot of these will be minorities uh, that are following you on Twitter, which immediately, I wouldn't say pigeonholes you, but it kind of shapes a little bit more of your brand. You have to specifically talk about specific things. Like that just is what it is. At least if you want to keep their interest and if you want to like be like an opinion leader for them, right? And you can kind of be that curator for that specific group. I totally get that. And you laying that out was very helpful for me to understand. Seeing it through that lens does change my view in terms of like what your role actually is. But then my question becomes, what is better? And obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit here and say, Jeff, you made a mistake and you could have done it so much better. I'm saying like legitimately this is an interesting question just at the very least. Right. Is, is it better? Like if you would have said to these people essentially that follow you, these recruits and their families – the the allegations are ugly. We don't really know what to believe at this point. BYU is making their own investigation. They uh, granted right away they had that statement and it kind of throws you a curveball yeah. and you become actually get kind of put in a tight spot. So I also understand that and that's where kind of BYU didn't really do a favor to a lot of people like you in this situation either. But if you were to say something like this is what's being alleged. I, I'd be very shocked personally because that's never happened at BYU. There's literally no precedent for something like this at BYU. Now, granted, there's all those other like racist one-offs, accusations, things like that that are more tied to actually the, the foundation of the church more than anything. Right. Obviously, this isn't verbatim, but just kind of more that temperament and tone of like, we don't know. Or is it better to just be like immediately, you know what? Because to me, if you immediately say, hey – this is horrible and whoever was a part of it is horrible. To me, it seems like whoever follows you that is kind of already 
questioning their relationship with BYU as it is, one of these recruits or their families, is looking at this and being like, oh my gosh, it did happen, and their own people are saying it happened. I don't care that they're denouncing it. The fact that this is this is terrible. Right. Yeah, I, I think... I think that's the right question to ask, and uh, and you're right. Hindsight is 2020. Uh, there was a recruit. Oh, I'm trying to remember what it was. 2014, 2015, uh, right around the time. I don't know how big. I think you're going to Oregon, so you're a pretty big BYU football fan. If I, if I'm, I'm guessing, um, yeah, it was the year that Jam- Jamal Williams, <laughs> that Jamal Williams was suspended, right? So I think that was 2015 is when he was suspended. And, yeah, that sounds right. Because 2016 was his his and Taysom's final year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you remember. Um, in 2015, there was a like a huge long expose almost from Bleacher Report with Jamal Williams, and it was talking about like some of his like rehab stuff that he was doing. It was talking about you know how he's training to come back to BYU, or maybe this was published right after he got to BYU again in 2016, and it was like looking back at what he had done. But then there was a big chunk in that about how he had been suspended for the honor code, and then other black athletes who had been suspended from the honor code. There was one player, or because of the honor code, not from the honor code. Uh, there was one player at the time, I think he ended up, he was committed to BYU or about to commit to BYU. This story came out. He reached out to me, um, and, and I said almost verbatim what you said of like, look, I hear what's in that article, but like, look, man, like I, can, I can't speak as a black athlete at BYU, never was one. I can tell you, here's the other dozens and dozens that I've covered that love BYU, I can try to get you in contact with them. And and that was kind of the approach that I took. Lo and behold, that kid, he flipped, he decommitted, whatever. I think he ended up at Purdue or Wake Forest, one of those black and gold schools somewhere. Uh, So it didn't work out, but that was the exact approach. And, And typically, that's what I try to do in these instances. It really was that statement from BYU that just threw me for such a loop because there have been countless allegations of things that have come out. And BYU generally just stays mum. They just don't say anything at all unless they absolutely have to say something. And so for them to say something, uh, you know, hindsight, right? I was wrong to take that as an admission, but that's absolutely where my mind was. As soon as I saw that statement, it went, well, yeah, yeah BYU wouldn't say anything unless they found something because they've never said anything when they have or haven't found something. So that was, no. uh, yeah, I mean, if I could go back, don't take that statement as an admission, and i probably just stay quiet. But that, yeah. that was, and I, that like was I said, the I'm not, For sure. And I'm not and I'm not here to, like, make you no, 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 no. pay for that, have a comeuppance, I don't repent, feel... or whatever. <laughs> like, that's not on me to do. I have made the exact same mistakes in different scenarios and different contexts. We've all been there, yep. and so we totally get it. And just hearing you explain that actually, like, like makes me look at you and just be like, yeah, you know what? I could have been in this exact same position, very similar. I mean, and that's why I got obviously riled up clearly. Right. And so <laughs> excuse me. And let me take this time the moment. If I said anything offensive, oh, no. and I know I threw out the word pansy ass a few times <laughs> on, the, on the podcast, which by the way, I call myself a pansy ass plenty. So that's not even anything like Dude, that's, unique. That's, that's maybe the nicest thing somebody's called me today. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but, uh, I, I do apologize because I, I, I really do like to – I mean, I'll be bold. I'll be bold. Sure. I'll be direct. Sure. But that's very different from being mean, rude, undercutting people, things like that because I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that stuff that's not constructive at all. If anything, it halts anything that could potentially be constructive, which I think this exactly is that. And so I appreciate you coming on and clarifying. And, I mean, Jake – so I don't know if you know Jake. I think you know Jake Hatch, yeah. right? Yep. So Jake – 
had some really strong words right away, just as a lot like what you were doing on his own podcast, right? Locked on Cougars. And then he comes, I, I texted him, uh, actually before I even listened sure. and I was like, Hey man, let's talk BYU football, come on the podcast. And this was, and around the time when everything had happened. And I was like, also, if you feel comfortable, we could talk about the racism allegations, but I'll leave that up to you. Like, I'm definitely going to talk about it anyway. Sure. If you want to come on and say some things, you're welcome. I would love that personally. Sure. And he's like, yeah, I definitely want to. And then I listened to what he said and I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting because I'm wondering what direction he's going to take. And he came on and he actually, it's kind of in the similar vein as what you're talking about where it's like, hey, like, you know what? There, there's probably more information. And Jake was operating under the assumption that it was true a lot, which was led by the curveball that BYU threw with that statement, which kind of said, like, maybe it is true, which, and I agreed with Jake, if this is true, yeah, 100%, yeah, like, sure. let's get the pitchforks. Like, that's when I will grab a pitchfork, because I'm like, right. no, like, let's, like, get the hell, you're, get out of our community. Like, there's no place for that, right? We, we all agree on Absolutely. that, but, and that was where... That lied. So he came on, and then he re-clarified on his own podcast too, referenced our conversation and everything. So, um, like I said, I, I I get it in a sense, and I appreciate you coming on to clarify that. Um, yeah, no problem. Do you have any more to, to say on a, as a follow-up? No, no, I just appreciate you. I mean, uh, if we were sarcastic in our response, and I know I, I don't know how often you're on Twitter, but I know that people kind of came after you a little bit, uh, whatever that was. <laughs> I kind of I, I had it coming. Yeah. I, I like I and like. Pop, uh, the, there's always those shots that are kind of like like dismissive and all that stuff and it's like you know what i don't appreciate that right. i don't but i don't really care either. yeah well like, that's i can take that, i i know the know? one thing i said was uh, what the one thing i said to you um you know whether I, was somebody calling out follower count or something and i was like whether he has 470 yes. yeah, yeah, or some... 470,000 i don't really care like your <laughs> your opinion you know, I'm not going to change my opinion because of somebody that I don't know, right? That was right. that was really my stance, and and I would stand by that. Now, what I appreciate Harper about you is once this came up again, right? Like, let's just let's talk it out. Even if we were on pull, I, I, largely, I think we agree on more than we probably disagree with all of this. But even if I, we, I would, even, that's the even if we did, yeah, to. even if we didn't, right? right? Like, we could still talk yeah, it out. Yeah, totally and agree. I think that that's, I mean, that's really my only thing. My 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 only takeaway is just like a if I could get on a soapbox for, for a little bit of, I, I hate that it was like, I mean, it was very small scale, but it was like, you had people that were responding to you like, Hey, you're an idiot for even suggesting this. Right. And then you had people that were coming in and, you know, agreeing with you and applauding your take and, and calling, you know, Steve Pierce or all of, you know, the people who you tagged idiots. And it was like, Guys, there's there's very clearly some nuance here. Like there has to be right. some nuance here, even the way BYU responded. Right. Like, I, I, I love, a, for, I, I do have issues with the way, you know, BYU handles the PR game most of the time, just because. Oh, they, they classically, yeah. like traditionally have issues it, there. I, it I just feels not agree terrible, right? And the church too, generally right. speaking. Yes. And, and in this one, I think they got it exactly right. And and so we as fans. Which one? Sorry, the, the later one or the, the initial one? I, the whole thing, candidly. I, it was a curveball a little bit, right? And and maybe I, maybe the one thing they could have changed was emphasized an investigation, that they were making changes, they had banned a Fair, fan, yeah. and emphasized that yeah. they were going to investigate more. But given the scenario that BYU has put in, those accusations come up, BYU has to address both of those problems that I described. They have to be micro and macro immediately. And that's really hard to do. 
And I think of, of all the takes that we've seen on this, whether it be on, on SportsCenter with Stephen A or on the news or just, you know, from jabronis like you and me on Twitter, <laughs> BYU did pretty well to immediately take it seriously, uh, do whatever they could to make this, you know, Rachel Richardson feel comfortable, listen, hear, uh, even banning a fan. Like, that sucks. And they could, un- like I say, they undid that, right? We all saw that they, they undid, undid that. that. But then be relentless in their pursuit of figuring out what happened while not dismissing the initial claim. Because the one like the one thing that BYU and, and all of us, I guess, have to kind of like keep in the back of our minds is maybe Rachel was just misunderstood. Like you don't want to pin her to be this huge liar if she just if she thought she heard something and she misunderstood it. I don't think that's the case, right? Like it feels like maybe there's a conclusion there that this is more made up than there's a misunderstanding. But who am I to say what somebody did or didn't hear? And so I I appreciated the way that BYU had to kind of walk that line while defending their own, while finding the truth, but while also playing the PR game and taking it ultra seriously. Uh, They clearly found the nuance, I think. And, And those of us who were kind of following along, we, we struggled to find that nuance sometimes. And so, weirdly, let's follow BYU's PR example sometimes, and, and maybe maybe we'll find that nuance a little bit quicker. Who'd have thunk? Um, yeah, and I think you said something interesting. I think the Rachel Richardson, I think it's very possible that she got flustered, said some stuff in the moment, and then it just became that game of telephone. Yeah. It took on a life of its own. She found herself between a, somewhat of a rock and a hard place as well, potentially. And then I actually think... The crux of it lies with her godmother. Yes, I was about and to I say the same she, thing. Is I, th- I think, yeah. I, for all we know, like Rachel, because she didn't make a statement at all, right, until like two days later, and right. and and she and her first statement, by the way, had given BYU like a lot of credit. A ton, yeah. She was like very gracious and saying BYU, like I know it doesn't reflect on their institution and things like that. And you're kind of like, well, can we just put this to bed then? Yeah. I, you know what? I, in fact, I tried. I tried to reach out to her and just say, hey, like, please, like, let's talk about it. But at that point in time, I'm sure every media outlet in the world is reaching out right. to her. But I do. I agree with you. I think the godmother and, and what we've learned is clearly there was some motives there. And so I think that she kind of let this get big. Like, and that's what happened. And it kind of got away from everybody. But For sure. Um, well, I appreciate that once again, Jeff, and for you coming on. Real quick, though, before I let you go, since I've got you. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? Give me just a minute thought Ooh. on uh, this weekend. What do you think about BYU-Oregon? This isn't Chip Kelly's Oregon, man. This is a really physical Oregon team. Um, so it's gonna. And by that, do you mean less speed, more physicality, or just as much speed? More uh, probably as much speed, but more physicality. Ooh, they use the speed. Terrible. Yeah, they use the speed differently, but it's still there. Uh, it's going to feel a lot like the Baylor game to me. Um, and Autzen, I'm jealous that you're going up there. It's a crazy place to watch a game. Ton of fun. Should be on everybody's bucket. Have you been there before? I have before. It's a blast. Oh, nice. Yeah. I've never been there. It's way more fun as an Oregon fan. Like, you know, there was a lot of like handholding and hugging between Baylor fans and BYU fans this last week. There really was. Yeah. (laughs) You you won't get that with Oregon fans. They, they do not like BYU. So I'm already starting to sense that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. it'll be pretty brutal, but it's a ton of fun. It feels like it will be a lot like that game, and and just don't make mistakes, and BYU will have a shot in the end. Love it. This this BYU team does feel special, but then I'm getting flashes of 09 a little bit. Uh I'm like, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe calm down a little bit, but either way, just enjoy the season. It'll be fun regardless. Uh, Just to warn you, you're going to get a notification on your Twitter that is a follow from me. That is not because (laughs) I unfollowed you at any point. 
I actually, you just always appear on my timeline. Oh, no. Like, I just always see your stuff. Because, I mean, that's a testament to you saying stuff that resonates with people. Sure. So I don't want you thinking that I'm like, oh, he unfollowed him and then he followed no, him back. No. It's like, no, you know what? I'll, I'm giving you a follow because I want to see more of what your stuff is anyway. And furthermore, just to like liter- legitimately tell you, thank you for reaching out and being like, let's, can we talk this out? Like, I think there's more to this and we could kind of just clear the air. And I give you all the credit. And that's something that, I would suggest more often, but I'm a, no joke. Quite frankly, I'm a little scared. Absolutely. Cause like, I'm like, if I were to say that on Twitter and people would be like, LOL, like, this is just ridiculous. I'm not going to come on your podcast so you can blah, 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 or whatever. So for you to suggest that, I really appreciated that to give me this. No, it, 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 Harper, I, I appreciate it. I'm glad you called it out. Um, it, it, it is interesting and, and it sucks that you have to feel that kind of scared feeling. Um, because, you know, as soon as I suggested it, somebody had reached out to me that I, I think just saw the interaction that was like, Jeff, how do you know he's not using your Twitter followers for clout? He calls out a bunch of people with big followings. And it was like, you know what? Even if he is, like, that's that's up to him to decide. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and just let's have a conversation. No. If it's something no, else, no. I don't care. Like, that's up to somebody else to, to decide, right? And I don't think it was, um, but that's not my place to say for me. I, I, I would much rather just in, you know, in my conscience, let's just talk it out. I'll clear the air. If there's ulterior motives or somebody's going to do something with that, that is, uh, you know, I don't know, like wrong in any way, then great. That's up to them right. to do it. But for me, I love it. We'll have a conversation. And I hope, I hope that more people do that. I hope that, you know, I hope some of these other people who you called out that I think, um, it's interesting. I think I can't remember how many of us there were. There were four or five, six of us. Um, yeah. I think a lot of us, even within that, like have very different views on this. In fact, I know if you were to talk to some of those people, they would they would disagree with me and what I came and clarified today. They have their own takes on this. It's very different. And I, I wish that everybody would feel comfortable having a platform like this just because if nothing else, like let's hear everybody's opinion and then form our opinion or change our opinion or keep it the exact same. But it's important to listen. Yeah. So. Absolutely. I appreciate that. And yeah, no, for to clarify, and I know you're not saying this, no. but just to clarify, it's like, I, if, if I cared about trying to steal people's followers <laughs> to get my own following or anything like that, believe me, I would not be talking about church topics <laughs> on a podcast every week right. and trying to talk about Utah culture stuff and everything. I'm a man that has opinions. I'm a man that likes to share those opinions. I feel like sometimes I can articulate things in a way that resonates with people and because of that, I'm like, I'm going to put it out there and whoever gravitates to it, awesome. It. But I'm not going to go out of my way to specifically be like, hey, promote me. I need you. I need you to – You're like if you didn't share this, I wouldn't be like, oh, gosh, what a jerk. I'm, honestly, I'm not even expecting you to, sure. but whatever. Like, And I'm not even going to press you on that. I don't even want you to answer <laughs> sure. to tell you my point that like this is for me. Yeah. Like this is so I can go out there and show my followers – I'm actually really pumped to post. I'll probably post this on Friday. It's a Wednesday right now, right? Just after the fallout, but Friday right before the game. And uh, just to say like, hey, this is really cool. Yeah, like, for sure. You, you don't just have to sit there and be like, call people out. And then the moment like they want to make an extend an olive branch, be like, nah, screw off. Yeah. Like, this is cool. This is what it's all about, Absolutely. I think. I agree, 100%. Okay. Well, thanks again, Jeff. I really appreciate it, man. Best of luck with everything with you and your journey. And uh, keep on covering the Cougars, man. Best of luck with all that. You're doing a great job, obviously. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. All right. Take it easy. Old love. I remember falling so madly. There must have been magic in the valley. 
Takes time.